1: Well, the passage that is related to this supposed controversy between James and the Apostle Paul is the focus of our study today, and it begins in chapter 2 and verse 14. Well, there you
0: have it. Now you know where Pastor Leighton Sheely will be starting in just a few moments here on another edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. And we're so glad you've joined us as we uh, return to our study in the book of James. If you've missed any of these messages, you can find them on the website highlands.us. And if you'd like to know more about any of the ministries at Church of the Highlands, perhaps the Sunday school times and the uh, different classes that are available for all ages, you'll find the details right there on that website, again, highlands.us. And
1: now uh, beginning
0: a new message in this uh, series in the book of James, here's Pastor Layton.
1: James is considered the earliest book of the New Testament era and one of the most practical And uh, James is not so much concerned with a correct verbal expression of the Christian doctrine as he is a living expression of the Christian doctrine. He wants Christians to be better Christians. And in his first words, he reminds the the suffering brothers and sisters that they shouldn't be surprised when they go through times of testing. And he provides wisdom and strategies for them that are just as applicable for us today when we go through times of testing. Now, the introduction to James that's found in the English Standard Version reads, sometimes called the Proverbs of the New Testament, the book of James practically and faithfully reminds Christians how to live. From perseverance to true faith, to controlling one's tongue, submitting to God's will, and having patience, this book aids readers in living authentically and wisely for Christ." Now many have claimed that James and the Apostle Paul differed on the question of faith versus works. But in reality, the spiritual fruit that James talks about simply demonstrates the true faith of which Paul wrote. Their writings are complementary rather than contradictory. Well, the passage that is related to this supposed controversy between James and the Apostle Paul is the focus of our study today. And it begins in chapter 2 and verse 14. He writes, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, well, you have faith, I have deeds. Well, then show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. Do you believe that there is one God? Good! Even the demons believe that. And shudder. You foolish man. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now concerning this supposed controversy, Bruce Barton observed, chapter 2 is often cited to show that the teachings of James and Paul were completely contradictory. However, Careful reading and understanding of both Paul and James will show that instead of contradicting, their writings really complement each other. First, consider the writers' viewpoints in light of the situations they were addressing in their letters. They were confronting different issues. Paul was responding to the Judaizers who said that works such as circumcision and observing Jewish ceremonial law was necessary for salvation. And James was responding to those who believed that mere intellectual agreement or intellectual assent was enough to obtain salvation. And then secondly, there's a difference in the phase of the believer's journey as they make their statements. Paul is addressing the very beginning at conversion. And no one can ever earn God's forgiveness and salvation. We can only accept it. But James spoke to the professing believer, one who had already accepted that forgiveness and salvation, explaining that that person must live a new life. No one can be saved by works, and no one can be saved without producing works. We're not saved by good works, but for good works. James' point was not that works must be added to faith, but that genuine faith includes works. So Paul and, and James are in, in agreement. Listen to what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8-10. through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So Paul declares very clearly here that we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Both Paul and, and, and James are consistent in their teaching, that we receive salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. Paul emphasized the purpose of faith, which is to bring salvation, and James emphasized the results of faith, which is a changed life that produces good works. And you know, this is a a theme that we find throughout the New Testament. For instance, listen to the words of John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3. He preached, "...bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able to take from these stones to raise up children from Abraham. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees, and every tree therefore that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Listen to the words of Jesus. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do People light a lamp and put it under a basket, but put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That they may see your good works. When they see your good works, they will recognize that God is at work in you and through you that you are a life that is being transformed. Jesus insisted it was by fruits that we could uh, discern a man or a person. He said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit But the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Among Christians, there there sometimes is some confusion over the appropriateness of judgment. And because of that confusion, some Christians are hesitant to be judgmental regardless of the circumstance. So try to help clarify. It is never appropriate for us to declare a final judgment upon someone else because that is God's authority alone. Only God can declare final judgment upon someone. We should never say something like, go to hell, because that's presuming that we have the authority of God, which we do not. That's only God's place to do something like that. Now that said, Jesus told us that we should be fruit inspectors and the fruit of which we speak is the fruit of God's Holy Spirit. You see, when a person receives Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, they are immediately filled with the, God's Holy Spirit. He comes to live within us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit goes to work within us, transforming us more and more into the image of Christ and bearing fruit the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, Galatians 5 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the kind of fruit that John the Baptist and Jesus said godly people should produce. And as to Paul, there can be few teachers who have Stressed the ethical effects and impact of Christianity as much as he did. Now, his letters begin with a teaching of doctrine and theology, but they never fail to end with a section that has to do with the application of our Christianity. And so, in summary, James and the Apostle Paul are in total agreement. Now, with that as an introduction, let's study this passage verse by verse. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If, if one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed," but not, does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? Now you notice that James says, if a man claims to have faith. He didn't say if a man has faith. He said if a man claims to have faith. And the implication here is this person doesn't have a genuine faith. It's a faith that's hollow. It's merely intellectual. And James insists that true faith always produces deeds. And and that relates to, this passage relates to the previous two verses, verses 12 and 13, where James warns believers that they will be judged according to the law of liberty. And that would bring about a question in the minds of some Christians, wait a minute, judgment? What judgment? I thought we were saved by faith and that we didn't have to worry about the judgment.
0: Well, what a great study in the book of James with Pastor Leighton Shealy. And he always seems to have a, a bit of a cliffhanger <laughs> for us, doesn't he? Drawing you back to the next program and what he has to say about, uh, well, in this case, judgment and how we are going to be judged as believers. I do hope you can join us and that you'll share the fact that this program is on the air. It's just 13 minutes a day and it's a perfect devotional time and maybe even a great conversation starter with a friend who's listening as well. You can find out more about the church on the web at Highlands.us. That's Highlands.us, Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And again, Pastor Leighton Sheely is the senior pastor there. And if you attend the church on a Saturday evening or a Sunday morning, you'll find him in the book of James. So check those times out. That's Highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Join us tomorrow when we'll be back at this same time, opening the Word of God and studying verse by verse.